today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Time for the Mayor's Town Hall. Burlington Mayor Marianne Mead Ward joins us. And as always with the town halls, uh, we will open the lines up. 905-645-3221. 645-3221. Start 9900 is a toll-free call. You can reach us on email, bkelly at 900chml.com. And on Twitter at chmlbillkelly. For your questions, your comments, for the Mayor of the City of Burlington, Marianne Mead Ward. Madam Mayor, great to have you on the show again. How are you? Good. Healthy. Yeah, well, that's a good start. Somewhat cool. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thank God for air conditioning. Uh, Lots to talk about here that we're going to get into, and I I know there's a number of things that that you want to touch on, but let me right off the the get-go here talk about uh, what may be happening uh, with LaSalle Park. Now, this is uh, not a new issue, of course. This has been going on since the beginning of time, I think. Uh, And for people that may not be aware, that park, that gorgeous park, uh, is actually owned by the city of Hamilton, the city of Hamilton land. It's kind of Hamilton's Guantanamo Bay, I think, uh, right in in Burlington. (laughs) And uh, as you know, Madam Mayor, for years now, there have been ongoing discussions between these two wonderful cities about perhaps Burlington taking over the park, perhaps purchasing it, whatever the case might be. Uh, The latest uh, volley, I was going to say, from uh, Hamilton City Council is from a a motion by uh, Councillor Sam Marula. Uh, and I'm not going to go through all the whereas, whereas, whereas. I mean, that's that's just city legal talk that's going on. The essence of it there, therefore, be resolved that the corporate real estate office, in collaboration with other relevant divisions, be directed to undertake a review of the value and implications of alternative disposition, in brackets, sell, lease, develop, operate, options for LaSalle Park, and report back to General Issues Committee. So he's looking for some facts. Uh, the essence of it, from what I heard from the conversation during that meeting, is I'm sure you're well aware, Madam Mayor, uh, they want they want a lot of money for this. Uh, uh, I don't know if that's a negotiation or a demand or what it is, but what's what's your take on what's going on? Well, the first priority is that this land remain a public park in its entirety. Absolutely. So we are not open to any discussions about development. It is, in fact, zoned parkland. So whether we own it or Hamilton owns it, or even if it was a private park, the zoning remains, and we will absolutely keep that zoning. So there's no, there is no discussion to be had uh, at all about uh, redevelopment of any part of that park. And most of it actually is governed under, uh, is protected land because of conservation regulations and it's near a water course and all of that. So um, so, so that's just a non-starter. And I would uh, point out that for 40 years, uh, Burlington has 100% our taxpayers paid for the upkeep, maintenance, and and park amenities that are there. So that includes a ball diamond, that includes the splash pad, uh, it includes upgrades to the pavilion, and, uh, and of course the playground and other amenities, as well as the marina. So we've contributed uh, through our joint venture arrangement with the LaSalle uh, Park Marina Association to build docks and so forth. So we've invested... You've sunk a lot of money into the marina in the last little while, too. We absolutely have, including a brand new break wall, which was uh, roughly four, three to four million dollars. So we've uh, we have contributed a hundred percent on the Burlington taxpayers' dime over the years to make the park what it is. We are absolutely happy to do that. Our uh, and Hamilton residents have enjoyed that park just as our residents and many many more from other communities for free uh, in all of that time. So. Um, so we'd be happy to assume complete ownership or continue the lease, whatever. Uh, you know, I don't know that the public uh, is fussed too much about who owns it. They simply want the parkland to remain. And as I said, we've contributed millions. So that'll have to be factored into any discussions, the, the amount of money that we've given over the years, adjusted for inflation. 
and opportunity exactly. costs. So there you go. And, and there are options. I know uh, talking to former Mayor Goldring about this for years, and 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 and, and previously from dating all the way back to Rob McIsaac when he was the mayor. And I know this has been ongoing, and there's been discussions about land swaps and a number of other things. And uh, so there are options on the table right now. But the the the, the line that jumped out of me from the story that I saw when we were covering the meeting, our CHML reporter Ken Mann. Uh, a quote from Council Marula says, uh, the people of Burlington are benefiting on the backs of the city of Hamilton when it comes to that park. That's according to Council Marula. But as you've just explained it, if I could uh, quote uh, Gershwin, it ain't necessarily so. Uh, that's not the case the, at all. The, the residents of Hamilton have been benefiting uh, on the backs of the Burlington taxpayers. So we've paid for all of the upkeep and the amenities that are there. Uh, we welcome uh, Hamilton and any other resident to enjoy that facility on our cost. It's our it's our gift to uh, to our residents and the residents of Hamilton, and we've paid for that. So, uh, so I think it's been uh, I think it's been a decent arrangement. I, I think it's worked well for us. Uh, you know, it's one of those uh, trivia curiosities that that they own it and we lease it for a buck a year. Uh, but beyond that, uh, does it really matter who owns it? Uh, certainly, we'd like to uh, to settle this so that we don't have this kind of silliness uh, popping up every so often. Uh, that that really does nothing helpful to um, you know to 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 build friendship and and that sort of thing between partners. It's not how you treat your your uh, your community partners. And you know, I have spoken to Mayor Eisenberger earlier this week, and he and I are both on the same page, a hundred percent, that this remain a park. So. You know, get the information that you need, counselors. That's fine. We'll be doing the same uh, information. But uh, you know, I would just advise them that you, you know, the the cost picture has to include the investments over decades that uh, Burlington residents have paid, and that the city of Hamilton has been enjoyed for zero dollars. Well, and if the city of Hamilton City Council expecting a big check from Burlington for this, uh, don't hold your breath. I guess that's that's pretty safe that, assumption, that, that's isn't it? That's the message. Yeah, we're, okay. we're not a, we're not interested in a shakedown for. Well, I, I just think the whole discussion is frivolous, and it just seems like, you know, because we've talked about the partnership between these two cities for years now. I, I, I would I challenge most people to actually, you know, as they're driving over the Desjardins Bridge, show me where Hamilton ends and Burlington begins. I mean, we just kind of flow into each other, and, it, and it's that way over on the other side by the, the, by the bridge as well. Uh, and I just, all of a sudden, you know, to start staking claim here and say, well, this is theirs and this is ours, just doesn't seem to make any sense at all. No, it doesn't. And I, I think we've also seen that it, the importance of having lots and lots of green space, especially when we have, you know, COVID-19 pandemic where, where people are talking about painting circles on grass to keep people separated. Well, you need lots of land for that in order for all of your residents, particularly in high-density communities like Burlington, Hamilton, beyond, where a lot of our folks live in uh, apartments or in townhouse complexes where there's not a lot of green space. So that is absolutely, it's always been precious green space. And going forward, it's even that much more uh, important to preserve that green space in its entirety for for both our communities. It, and and Hamilton uh, has benefited and we absolutely uh, welcome the you know the the participation of those residents in all of our parks but certainly that one uh, has been enjoyed by both our communities for decades
All right. Uh, on a similar note, <laughs> uh, you and I had a discussion a little while ago with what is affectionately known here as Sewage Gate here in Hamilton, and that was yeah. the millions and millions of liters of sewage that was dumped into uh, to the Coots Paradise area for a long time. Uh, and City Council will finally acknowledge that, yeah, that was happening. I'm sure you saw the report that the councillors got a week or two ago, uh, Madam Mayor, th that basically said, what's the big deal? Uh, nothing to see here. In other words, you know, in other words, Coots is already polluted, so no harm, no foul. Uh, excuse the bad pun there. But uh, yes. you're a partner in this, and, and I know that you've expressed some concern about this. Uh, the regional chair for Halton, of course, Gary Carr also, and and talked to Mark Runciman from the RBG, and they're pretty upset about this. Like, this is not something they want to just be dismissive about. Absolutely not. And, and you know, the, it is a very circular argument that it's polluted, therefore don't clean it, and it will stay polluted, therefore it's polluted. I mean, we, we know it's a problem. We know it's historically been a problem. Uh, and, yes, it's related to larger infrastructure issues around it being a stormwater slash sewer runoff. Uh, that That's a big um, big ticket item to change. It's the right thing to do, and we have to. We, uh, Burlington has always been willing to be at the table as a partner. We have to clean this up for current and future generations. It's on our watch that this happened, and, uh, you know, the, the community is expecting us to do better than, well, it's polluted, therefore it will always remain polluted. And that, that's, that's the essence of, uh, you know, of what the report was about. Well, and uh, there has been a lot of work done. I know you and the City of Burlington have contributed to this. The RBC certainly has uh, so many other agencies, but environmental agencies that, uh, that have had an eye on this. Uh, I can remember when I was a kid, I mean, when I had relatives living in the West End, we were told to stay away from them. I mean, you could smell the water from a block away. So there has been yeah. some progress made in this. So why are we stopping all of a sudden and just say, ah, what's the big deal? Well, that's that's exactly, and, and unfortunately, with the with the sewer um, overflow situation, the um, you know the progress that was made over years has really gone backwards, and so so it it really uh, we we need to almost clean up to get to where we were before all of this happened, and then go beyond that because it it really needs uh, you know this is sensitive ecological land in Coots Paradise. It, it's astonishing when you think about it that it was even used in the way that it was as stormwater sewer overflow runoff. Uh, but that's you know that was back in the day that that that's how um, you know that's how communities treated. Uh, treated water. Uh, we've seen polluted water uh, on on our shores for a very long time because that was considered w your garbage dump. We don't think of water that way anymore, nor nor should we. No, uh, it, it's not a, it's not a toilet for the city. So uh, for any city, and it is the source of our drinking water. So it's it's a precious resource. And there, there need to be efforts to uh, to clean this up. And there are solutions. They are costly, um, but it's you know, as I said, it's on our watch to make those tough decisions and investments so that future generations will simply enjoy a cleaner environment. With Burlington Mayor Marianne Mead Ward, uh, we'll go to your calls in a few minutes here. Nine zero five six four five thirty two twenty one and star nine nine hundred. Your questions and comments for the city of Burlington Mayor. Uh, this one uh, came across my desk about a week or so ago, and I set, I set this aside and I said I got to ask uh, the mayor when she comes on the program about this. Uh, Nelson Aggregate submits quarry expansion application. Uh, this is uh, for people that don't know. This is uh, a piece of land that's uh, right out by Burlington Springs Golf Course. Love that golf course, by the way. Uh, and uh, I, I know from past experience, from my time on city council, you mentioned the word quarry, uh, and that's that's them fighting words. I mean, people around there get pretty upset about this. Now, this is an existing business, and I guess they want to get bigger. What's your take on this? 
So they, uh, we've been down this path before. It's kind of the yep. same, same song, different verse. So Nelson Quarry, uh, and this was just before my time on council, but I was certainly aware of it as a resident, they um, applied for an expansion of their quarry. So their existing operation can continue, and, uh, and that has coexisted you know, reasonably well with the residents there, although you've got the dust and, and noise and, and the fact that they're digging a giant hole in a world biosphere reserve. But the, the but issue other came than that. About, but <laughs> other than that, um, the, the issue came about, um, I'm going to say at least 10 years ago now, uh, to expand. And for that, you need additional p- permissions and licenses. Uh, that went through a very long process, and um, a, a joint board reviewed it because you've got Halton Region, City of Burlington, you've got Niagara Escarpment Commission, the Mining, uh, Ministry of Mine and Mineral Resources uh, is involved. And so all of those agencies, Conservation Halton, of course, had to come together and uh, end of the day, uh, we and residents uh, formed um, an, an organization to fight the uh, the expansion and it it got support not just from uh, the rural the rural residents from across Burlington but across the region because people recognize this as a significant uh, you know a, a significant change and uh, end of the day we won and the application for expansion was turned down because it would uh, compromise the ecological habit habitat of the Jefferson salamander. Jeff, we uh, we call him affectionately here <laughs> in Burlington, and as you know, we have our spring uh, mating ritual for Jeff. We close yep. King Road uh, to allow the salamander. So we take our uh, we take our habitat quite seriously, and so that was the end of that. And then um, here here we are again uh, with another application. Uh, they they acquired the golf course nearby. They already owned land uh, across the street from roughly from the uh, from the existing quarry. They've carved out some areas where they say this this is where the salamander is. So we're going to you know preserve that as habitat. But everything else we want to quarry. So that's the application on the table. Um, so residents have once again uh, geared up for uh, for a battle and have formed the core Burlington. Sorry, uh, yeah, core, I think that it's core residence. You can find it on Instagram and um, uh, uh, on their webpage. But residents interested in getting more uh, facts about the history and involved in that can, uh, can go to that, um, that resource. Uh, whose ultimate decision is this? Is it the province? or the, I know you're allowed to comment on this, but uh, can you give it a thumbs up or thumbs down? So Burlington would absolutely be at the table. It it is a very um, it, it because it involves all those agencies I talked about earlier. Technically, who approves this is the Joint Agency Review Team or JART, <laughs> we like our acronyms. Yeah. Uh, but each of those agencies, boards, or councils, so regional, city, conservation authority, Niagara Escarpment Commission. Um, will have to give a thumbs up or a thumbs down, and and my understanding is any one of those could stop it, um, but but all of those are at the table uh, with the JART, and ultimately uh, they will the, the joint board, <clears throat> the joint review team will be the decision maker on this. Any idea of what time frame here? Well, we just received word. Uh, 
uh, a week ago that the formal yeah. application had been submitted. So it had been in the proposal stage. They'd done some initial public meetings. They'd set up a website, uh, not talking about the quarry activity, but talking about the potential for park use afterwards. Uh, we, of course, uh, said that we don't discuss uh, after use of a quarry or a decommissioned site until it is, in fact, decommissioned. Um, which it's not. So, so we look at the merits of the case rather than, um, you know, what what future potential use there might be. Um, but, but that's been, you know, that's been probably a year. I would say that uh, that news has been out there that there is this proposal coming. But we only just got the applica- the formal application. So we're now our staff uh, and the and the various agencies are reviewing that information, and the process has now started. <laughs> And it's going to be a long process. So we have to yeah, do a break. We'll come back. Uh, hang on, M- Madam Mayor. We'll get back in okay. just a couple of minutes. Thanks uh, so much for being with us today. Burlington Mayor, Mary Ann Mead Ward. You're listening to the Bill Kelly Show podcast on 900 CHML. Mayor's Town Hall, Burlington Mayor, Mary Ann Mead Ward is with us uh, and uh, for the rest of the hour. Uh, we will take your calls in a few minutes here, 905-645-3221, start 9900. Uh, your questions, your comments uh, for the Mayor of the City of Burlington. Uh We've been talking now. For, it seems like every story, Madam Mayor, is, is talking about the relationship between Hamilton and Burlington and the partnerships that have been developed, and so much of that is going on. Uh, one of them may well be imminent. I'm sure you know the story that uh, the Commonwealth Games, Hamilton was going to launch a bid for the 2030 Games, the 100th anniversary. Uh, and basically we're told, no, 2026, it's yours if you want it. That that seems to be the message. Council, Hamilton Council hasn't made a decision, but I talked to Lou Forporti from the group that's putting this thing forward, and, and Lou said that he was uh, in discussion with a number of, of other areas and other communities around the area that may want to take part in this. Have you had any discussions at all about this? We've certainly been uh, briefed and kept apprised of the situation, including even just this morning receiving some information about the background. and. Okay. Uh, also, the the motion that's coming to council, I think it's today. Uh, yeah, the other meeting right now. Yeah, I think. right. Uh, so we're we're certainly watching this very closely and and uh, seeing what happens with Hamilton. We haven't had any sort of formal request for uh, for for contribution or participation, but we've absolutely been kept in the loop and made aware of it. And uh, you know, we understand that if this, uh, you know, if there is a successful bid, that will benefit as well. So we're we're happy to, um, you know, have those conversations once Hamilton uh, makes its decision. Well, and and I know that uh, you were part of the, the of course, the, the Pan Am uh, situation a couple of years ago too, and that went through different machinations from the, the initial discussions to what finally ended up happening. Uh, this seems to be a much more protracted procedure, though, because of obviously the timeline. So, uh, again, we don't know. You know, City Council in Hamilton may just say no. If, you know, we're not going to do this. So who knows where it's going to go? But it's good to know anyway. Those discussions are taking place. You certainly have uh, some facilities that you could offer up, and there could be some mutual benefits, I think, for both communities here. We, we sure could, and, and maybe we could uh, offer up LaSalle Park for you. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> We've just come full circle here. <laughs> we, we have. Uh, you know, and I, I, lo- I did look very closely at the motion that, that's coming forward. I, I think the, the prudent approach to get the information, uh, you know, I think it's the right one, especially as we all are aware that the federal and provincial government, you know, the cupboard is bare and bleeding uh, cash because of this prolonged uh, global pandemic. So, you you know, we, we have to weigh everything in the context of, of that and, and, you know, where the money is going to come from. Uh, municipalities ourselves have asked for funding from the federal and provincial governments as well because we're all taking a revenue hit. So, you know, it's a, it's a challenging 
time to have these these discussions and to have your hand out, but at the same time, we understand that um, that sport and these games contribute so much to the development of our community, have huge revenue for uh, tourism and other things. But you know, we will we have a games twenty twenty six. I hope you know. I don't know. A different pos- position. Well, well let's let's talk about yeah. Let's talk about the going to hold. Exactly. Well, let's talk about how that pandemic is affecting Burlington. I think we talked about the Sound of Music Festival a little while ago, uh, and it, it had to tear your heart out to tell them that Ribfest won't be happening again this year. Uh, another right. great festival with a great tradition uh, down by the waterfront there in Burlington. Uh, boy, if this is this this one thing after another. It's, it's got to be heartbreaking to have to make these announcements and see the city basically come to a halt like this. It, it it really is for everybody. These are things that have become part of our daily lives. This is part of how we tell time in Burlington. You know, it's Father's <laughs> Day uh, because there's Sound of Music, and almost back to school because it's Rib Fest. I mean, this this is these are essential to our culture and community. They're huge. Uh, certainly for Rib Fest, they're huge charity. Uh, contributors. They raise hundreds of thousands of dollars for uh, local charities and, and organizations. So it's really part of our whole uh, our whole ecosystem. It's, it's more than uh, a plate of food, right? And, and so they're one of the biggest ones, but all of our permits, uh, you know, Spencer Smith Park is booked almost every single weekend throughout mm-hmm. the summer with festivals and events. And, uh, you know, it, it is heartbreaking that that we we continue to have to stay apart. Uh, we can't gather in large crowds. Of course, the the province just this morning announced extending the emergency orders to June nine. And mm-hmm. you know, um, I, you know, people people have asked us here uh, and me. You know, why did you make a decision to uh, cancel things till the end of Labor Day? Right. So is that September seventh this year? Well, people need certainty. You know, sometimes I think that drip, drip of a week at a time or two weeks at a time is is a challenge when we know the picture for us in terms of our ability to come back together is not going to change anytime soon. And and in a sense, it's not going to change till we have uh, a vaccine or better understand how to prevent this virus. So... Um, so our summer camps are program uh, programming is cancelled. There's no permits being offered right now. Um, if if things change, we'll be ready to respond. We've got uh, those plans coming in place now. Uh, but uh, you know, health and safety is number one, and unfortunately, we can't come together in the ways that we're used to. Well, and be, you know, the, the fact that they've been so successful—I mean, that means large crowds. And the, the consistent message we're getting from medical officers of health right now is: we have to avoid these large crowds, it's, uh, even if it's outdoors. And I, I can understand—you'd you'd rather be cautious in situations like this. You have to be because all of a sudden you'll see a spike, and we saw that happen. You know, there was a lot of excitement, uh, you know, a week ago, it seems like an eternity ago, where mm. the province entered phase one of reopening. We've reopened a number of facilities uh, in, in Burlington as well, parking lots, uh, skateboard parks, basketball courts, um, you know, baseball diamonds for passive use. Like, all of that has been opened up. Conservation Halton Parks are opened by a registration-only system to, to help control crowds. So I think everyone was feeling, oh, it's great, we're, we're headed in the right direction. And then we had the Mother's Day effect, right, where people, um, people kind of disregarded some of those social distancing rules over that weekend, uh, and, and we saw the numbers spike. And now we're back to extending emergency orders and, and more shutdowns. So we have to, you know, we have to proceed very cautiously, and I'm hoping that we don't see a spike in two weeks and, and call it the May 2-4 uh, effect. Yeah. You know, we, we saw some parks 
uh, in Toronto, uh, but not just there. We've we've had to fence off our beach area in Burlington because of overcrowding that we observed over the weekend. Even though the beaches are closed by the provincial emergency order, it's signed to be closed. Uh, there were people there. There was crowding. We we can't afford a spike in a second wave or a third wave or a fourth wave every time uh, people you know the weather's nice and people want to get together. So what, we have to stay the course. Yeah, absolutely. And as tough as the decisions are, are you know, forthcoming from you and, and others. But, I mean, uh, you uh, being guided, as the Premier has told us and as the Prime Minister has told us, and uh, by medical advice, by the experts who say this is what we need to do to try to, you know, to, to control this thing. So it's tough. How do, do you reevaluate? And I, as you say, most of the stuff that is not working the way it should or is not open the way we were used to having them open is done by provincial edict and you're simply following those rules that the, the government is putting down but municipalities do have some leeway in here too do you do this evaluation on a weekly basis or do you do you, do you wait and get that information from the, the the medical experts before you decide to do anything we, we do all of the above. We have daily emergency control group meetings where we sometimes do make decisions on a, well, daily for sure, hourly basis, it seems. We are in constant touch with our medical officer of health and before we, we do anything. Uh, so, for example, we're talking about, you know, opening washrooms in um, uh, or being ready to open washrooms in parks. Those are closed right now under the provincial order, but... Um, you know, so we've reached out to our medical officer of health and said, okay, if we want to open them under the current situation, what does that look like? And it looks like you have to have an attendant at those washrooms. You have to uh, clean them after each use, only one person in at a time. Uh, again, very different from what we're used to, uh, but we're ready if, 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 that goes, uh, if that goes forward. The, the challenge is that at a time that we're bleeding revenue because we can't offer our programs for folks, um, the costs are going up. So as soon as we do that, we are there's more cost to the taxpayer to have that service that, that were never anticipated and, of course, are not budgeted. So we're, we're weighing all of that uh, before, we make those, uh, b- before we make those decisions. That's an interesting aspect of this, too. I know a lot of people are concerned about what's happening here and the money that's not coming in. Uh, and we always think about some of the great programs that you've just talked about, the youth programs, or, you know, it's soccer or whatever it might be. Uh, that generates money for the city. And if they're not playing Absolutely. on those soccer pitches, you're not getting any money. Uh, and it's got to come from someplace. And, and just about every city, I guess, in the country right now is dealing with a rather substantial deficit. Uh, we we are all losing millions and millions of dollars. And the two biggest uh, line items right now are transit. Uh, so we are offering, as many municipalities are, free transit. And that was intended to keep drivers and passengers apart, minimize uh, you know, exchange of cash or contactless uh, payment. So it's been free for a number of months, and uh, you know we're we're losing millions of of revenue on that. Uh, costs have gone up, of course, uh, because we've we've had to install tape on the buses. We've put more buses on on the really busy routes so that people can social distance on the bus. So so your revenues are are zero in that case. Your costs are higher. The other one, as you mentioned, is the revenue that we get from uh, from our programming as well as permitting our space. So whether that's our sports fields, which again remain closed under the provincial order, or our community center space or our parks. So you know, residents have said, "Well, what what about um, you know? Why did you? Why are you not permitting any fields until the end of September? Or, sorry, until September seven, uh, just after Labor Day." Well, right now we can't permit them because they're closed by the provincial order, and that's extended. But um, 
you know, we, we don't know when the picture is going to change. So what is there to permit and when? We don't have that information. And how will, uh, how will sports be, be run um, when you've got people potentially touching the same equipment, passing it between each other? You may be able to maintain a six-foot distance, say you put a baseball team on a field, but not really. If someone's sliding into home base, you're going to try and tag them. Guess what? You're now six, less than six feet away. So um, all of the sport organizations that do business in the city and, and run programs are also not only under the provincial orders, um, and then they, they are also under their own sport governing authority. And some of those have started to issue their own regulations around how and whether and when uh, those might uh, those might pick up. So that's still in, very much in play in, in our city and many others. Um, but as I said, we're having those conversations and we'll be ready if, if situations change to start beginning to offer that even sooner than September 7, uh, if conditions change. Uh, have you had those discussions about let's, let's go into the next season then? I mean, you know, uh, hockey registrations, things of that nature, because you know, we, we just don't know what's going to happen. Uh, absolutely. And so I know it's, I know it's tough for folks for when you know when we say it's till the end of September and we put a put a hard date at the same time it provides certainty to all of those organizations who do business with us about what they can start what what they can expect those organizations are having to either pay money book let's let's take rib fest they would be spending money right now to set up for labor day and without any certainty of that coming back in uh, same with our sports organizations so so nobody wants to spend money without a certainty that they'll be able to run a program. We have nothing to permit right now because they're all closed. So it, it, is, um, it is basically what we're doing is being ready for conditions to change. And by that, I mean our, our infection rates are down. We have proper testing and contact tracing, and there's been some improvements recently announced uh, from the province. But we have hospital capacity. If we all of a sudden mm-hmm. get a surge, people can be looked after. Those are the three things that I'm looking at before, uh, uh, and in addition to, okay, the province has given us permission. All right, let's now look at those three local indicators to see if it makes sense for Burlington. So, you know, when we made the decision uh, in March to cancel till the end of June, people thought that was, you know, <laughs> being excessive, and uh, and here we are with with everything shut down. So, you know, we're we're um, we're guessing that the situation is going to be that way as well till the end of September. And now our organizations have some certainty to plan and make alternative arrangements. How people? How are the uh, the industries doing? And I, I want to specifically focus in on, on the restaurant industry. I mean, you know, we've talked about the great restaurants here, but it's no secret. I've talked to you about this in the past too. Some of my favorite restaurants are in Burlington, uh, right down mm-hmm. by the waterfront. Uh, their doors are closed. They want to get open again. It's going to cost an awful lot of money. Uh, they're hanging in by their teeth if they're hanging in there at all. Have you had those discussions with those folks that that, that are, are wanting to get back into this and just wondering how, what's going to have to happen and when's it going to happen? Absolutely. We, we have uh, a group of organizations that have come together, uh, and they've been uh, together for many years under the Team Burlington uh, moniker, and that includes our Chamber, our ECDEV, our two BIAs, uh, Downtown and Aldershot, and Tourism Burlington, and they have daily conversations, have had since the uh, pandemic 
began in Burlington, I sit in uh, almost weekly with with that group, and we talk about um, the industries that are being affected, what the city can do, how we can advocate to the province uh, or the federal government. The Burlington City Council just uh, unanimously passed a resolution asking for uh, flexibility and simplicity in a review of the criteria on the rent relief program. Uh, you know, long story short, landlords have to apply, and there's a bunch of restrictions, and so uh, many of them were not. We know, especially for the hospitality industry, that 75% roughly of their costs are rent. And if you can't fill your space and you're paying for, you know, tens of thousands of square footage of dining space that you can't, uh, that you can't fill... And and it's a volume business, right? Hospitality sure. is a volume business. You, you're not going to make that up by selling a few meals and doing curbside pickup. The volumes are simply not not there. And and for some establishments like Emma's Back Porch, which which we uh, just mm-hmm. heard, you know, very sadly closed their doors. The experience, part of the experience, is actually being in the venue. It's it's being there physically and. Uh, especially that back patio, that was one of the reasons we moved to Burlington from Toronto is, is being able to sit on that back patio and overlook the water and have, you know, a very reasonably priced food and drink. And, and that experience is gone. And sure, you can get takeout, but the experience is not there. So those those hospitality industries where, where the experience is part, partly about coming together, whether that's a sports bar and you're watching a game with your, your friends or the venue itself is something spectacular, those are the ones that are really hurting. So we, um, I have a, a task force that I established eight weeks ago now with representatives uh, across different sectors, and the Burlington Restaurant Association is a member uh, on that task force. We had a long discussion last week about how the city could help uh, some of our restaurants um, with, uh, with seating. So once the provincial order is lifted, and, and we don't see that on the horizon soon now that it's been extended, but could we uh, work with private landowners in mall spaces or retail spaces to translate parking into dining? Um, you know, we already have pop-up patio program in downtown Burlington where we will give some of our uh, city parking to patio space, but those are the conversations that we're having. Well, uh, here's hoping that uh, they do open sooner than later, and uh, here's hoping that uh, the people do come back in whatever way it's going to be, because uh, we miss them. And, and you're right; I don't think Absolutely. there's a better outdoor patio than Emma's, and I hope that something happy there, and, and so many other great places as well. Uh, we are just about out of time. Uh, any other questions? Uh, you can fire me off an email at bkelly900chml.com uh, for the next time we get together. Uh, Madam Mayor, thank you so much for this. Uh, stay healthy, and uh, we'll talk again soon. You too. Always a great conversation. Thanks, Bill. Take care. Burlington Mayor Marianne Mead Ward with the Mayor's Town Hall. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.